You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. This is the Express with Paul Albacani and Daniel Shahori, all in AW's biggest show to date, but with a shorthanded roster. Dan, um, this is going to go down as not just the biggest AEW show ever, one of the biggest shows in recent history, one of the biggest shows of all time in terms of an arena attendance, but at the same time, maybe just one of the unluckiest shows in recent history in terms of injuries, uh, visa issues, uh, a certain member of FTR having a gun. Uh, you can go down the list here. Uh, almost everything that could gone wrong could have gone wrong has gone wrong. Wait, who has visa issues? I believe one of the Lucha brothers does. Oh, yes, I did hear that. Okay, right. Mm. Yes, well, okay, but uh, we're here, and I just want to look. If you put 80,000-plus modern British wrestling fans in one place, it's going to be something. The atmosphere is going to be off the charts, uh, but let's talk about the card. I, I do want to say this before we get into it. As much as this card has been plagued by just just bad luck more than anything else bad luck again it, as we said it's it's one of the biggest arena shows ever and the time of the day this is happening i believe it's 1 p.m eastern uh yeah. is gonna make that nine match card that's gonna be longer than it should be a lot more easier to digest uh not just for people in the uk but for people in north or really for people across the world with some, the exception of some times when i'm not thinking of uh so certainly a big point in their favor but yeah let's talk about the card MJF is going to take on Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship on the same night where they're going to compete as a tag team against Aussie Open for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions in the buy-in. I'll just kind of put these two together, Dan, because I think what happens in one match is going to kind of dictate what happens in another match. Um, I like this a lot as a technique to kind of tie the whole show together. I think what Adam Cole and MJF have been doing has been some of the most entertaining stuff in wrestling in the last little while. But it's kind of hard after all this to see Adam Cole being champion, but maybe a good grounds for him to maybe do the surprise heel turn on MJF. Interesting. This, okay. Yeah, well, one, one of them is going to, it's, it's, it would be less obvious for, for Adam Cole to turn on MJF. However, yeah. it's probably why they'll do that. But uh, this to me, look, uh, people are excited about this tag match, and I am to a point too. But this is an, for to me, an unnecessary risk. Can you imagine if one of those two, MJF or Adam, will get injured in this match? What would like this? That is un. This is a risk that's okay. Mm. But, but I, I see why they're doing it. But look, this match, or sorry, this card, and we'll get through it mm. all the way. But this is one of many rematches for a show that should be. But you know, I guess they have to do this, but. This is a bigger problem for as we'll go along. But to me, this I, I'm not looking forward to this as much as I, I thought I would because I've seen it before, and I'll probably I'll, see it again, maybe yeah. next week at All Out. Yeah, but, and that's a whole other problem. But I'll yeah. say this: I, I think the solution for this, because I get it, Aussie Open's going to be very po- popular in the UK. They deserve a match here. But I think what I would have honestly done is if MJF and Adam Cole are this tag team. You can do a double jeopardy match where they took on FTR and the Young Bucks, but the caveat could be whoever scores the pinfall also becomes world heavyweight champion. And I think that would have been a significantly better story, um, especially given what we're going to talk about with FTR, which you couldn't have foreseen, but a way to legitimize this tag team, a way to legitimize the tag team division, um, which AEW does at times and 
at other times they just get hung up on the acclaim for three months and their goofy catchphrases and merchandise sales. I think that was the move here. Um, again, Aussie Open and the Ring of, Ring of Honor titles on the buy-in, I think that's good, but you're right. I hadn't even thought about the risk, but I just think there's a more cohesive way to tell the story where at least it could have been more of an option that they don't have to turn on each other in the first match to yeah. set up the main event. They could have worked together. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe this is one part in the story where Adam Cole lets MJF get the clean pin in this situation. They become tag team champions. And then Roderick Strong insert, inserts himself. And then maybe you do a triple threat. Like there's, I think they could have done this slightly better. So what do you think is actually going to happen? Do you think MJF and Cole are going to win those belts? Or no? I feel I feel like they might as well win those belts, um, the Ring of Honor tag team belts, and then you know MJF retains, and at least you can get some more mileage out of the story because I think they have otherwise, to stick together. yeah, I, I, I think that's the, the more I say it, and I'm sort of changing my mind as we're talking here. I think they're getting so much mileage out of this um, that you almost need to, you know, and this is again the problem with this, you almost need to take the sting out of this main event for the greater good of the product, because how many things in AEW are consistently as entertaining as MJF and Adam Cole, and they still haven't really told us the full Roderick Strong story here. They've just kind of been teasing it, and he's kind of been having these cameos, but there's some room to do something there, um, and it would somewhat be a shame if they just open and close that book on this night. Man, I'm such a downer on this product because of what I'm about to say. I think I'm the only one uh, the only AEW fan that does not like this MJF and Adam Cole. I like it to a point, mm. but I don't like, I do not like the world champion being in goofy sketch comedy. And as for sketch comedy, it's kind of lackluster, but people like it because it's them. Yeah, it's wrestling. The bar is low. Him. It is certainly low, but yeah. I don't want to see him, MJF that is, in this in this role. Um, but I guess that's me because it's the most, it is just me because it's the most popular segment on the show. It has the best ratings, the merch is yep. top shirt. So who yep. am I to argue with this? But I, again, I don't like this, unfortunately. No, fair enough. And I, I agree that if you're going to go to all this trouble, the Ring of Honor tag team champions are not enough. And, and putting these guys on the buy-in, it's a nice tie-in. It's a good teaser for the pay-per-view, but I yeah. again, I just think it's the. I think it should be streamlined. It's the best thing for the Ring of Honor Tag Championships because otherwise, who cares about those belts? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so FTR is going to defend their titles against the Young Bucks. I, I mentioned the issues, uh, Dan. It's with mm -hmm. uh, if I remember my meme correctly, Dax is the bald one and Cash yep. is the one who had a firearm. If that meme is serving That's you correctly, right. so. Correct. At this point, he hasn't been charged, so he can still go to the UK. He can still have this match. But I think now your hands are somewhat tied. You sort of have to give these titles to the Young Bucks. Um, because I, well, because you're going to travel internationally at some point or another. And this is a problem for FTR. And I, I just it, it just makes me kind of sad that all this has happened the way it has because I think they just have to take the titles off these guys. Because if if he can't travel these belts become somewhat secondary um, if they can't actually be defended internationally. If, if, but they're not, I don't think they're traveling anywhere. They're traveling internationally now, but I know yeah. that this, their arraignment hasn't, or his cash's arraignment hasn't happened yet, but I don't believe that they're traveling anywhere outside of the United States, including Canada for the next 
there's nothing's been announced a few months so, at least yeah so whatever i mean so in in that regard uh, so let's talk about this for a second so again mm. out of all the rematches on this card this one is the one i'm looking forward to the most mm. although it is still a rematch and again the, my whole point of why i keep saying this is that this is a really special card mm. This is a big, big, big event, and I wanted fresh dream matches with story, and we're not necessarily getting that. But again, for this one, I'll make an exception because these two teams always bring it, and it'll be I th- and I do believe that FTR is going to retain because I'll of t- what happened. Funny enough, I'll, if I'm not mistaken, I'll take us to maybe the only UK competitor who's actually made it to this show. Uh, Soraya will be in action against Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, and Britt Baker, DMD, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, for the AEW Women's World Championship. Dan, to me, this seems designed to give Soraya the championship. Like, there's almost nothing happening here. Like, Tony Storm has been carving out this character away from Dynamite, this character change of this kind of old school. I haven't even actually seen it. I've just read about it because... We have a bit of a problem here in Canada that uh, Collision and Rampage are now on TSN+. Plus. So I actually, I'm not going to pay $40 a month to watch that. It's just exorbitant um, or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I feel like you can give Surya this win. It can be a big moment. I wish the story and the journey here, you know, you could have had her doing even video packages, reuniting with her brother, doing a media tour there putting over the arena, the other things she's seen in Wembley, what it means, maybe never imagining being the spot, but they haven't done any of that. No, and uh, but they probably will give it to her. This this build has been non-existent in my mind mm-hmm. uh, because it's so muddled. The whole outsider's angle has been muddled. Uh, but yeah, they should, might as well give it to Soraya. Um, mm-hmm. The other, I think there's another British, Osprey is on the, this card. We'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. I thought he was Australian. So for my apologies, Mr. Osprey. But yeah, uh, and again, this is more or less a, a situation with injuries more than anything else. And, you know, certain UK talent that are quite tied up with other companies that aren't available. Drew McIntyre. Mm. Um, mm. But anyways, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi are going to team up against Jay White, Juice Robinson, and help me out here, Kanoshka Takeshita. I should know his name. I don't know why. I honestly forgot this was a match Dan, yeah. like I just, I, I vaguely remember this coming together, but yeah. this is kind of slipped under the radar. And I think our next match with Chris Jericho and Will Ospreay will explain why this has gotten so little oxygen. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that CM Punk is existing over here in Collision and Kenny Omega's existing over here mm-hmm. in Dynamite and very little is happening with that is also a problem yeah. because until that happens, I just sort of am not invested yeah. in anything they're doing because it feels unresolved. But here we are. This is the big problem with everything right now. Everything in this company. It's there's one reason why Kenny Omega is not having a much bigger match on this card, which he should be featured. So what 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 you're saying is why this is kind of feel kind of lost is because we expect Kenny Omega should be having a much bigger match with somebody. And what that match should be is everybody, and I'm not the first person to say that, I'm going to echo a lot of people here, what this should be. And doesn't matter what, who doesn't want to do what. This match, what everybody wanted to see, what what a Wembley show should have got was the Elite versus mm-hmm. CMFTR. That's what everybody yeah. wanted to see. And I don't care that they don't want to work together. 
It doesn't matter. Tony Khan should have really put his foot down and said, listen, this is the biggest show ever. You're going to do business. This is what everybody wanted. And because of that, we're not, we're getting, uh, we're not getting the Omega match that we want. We're not getting the punk match. We want, we're not getting a lot of things. And this is the big problem with this show overall, in my opinion. And to be fair, even if it wasn't that exact match, if you had figured out Hangman versus Punk, even if we we're talking about... That would have been better. Yeah, CMFTR versus uh, Adam Cole, MJF, and Roderick Strong. Like, yeah, you okay. can get there without getting yeah. there as directly if you have to ease into it. But mm-hmm. it's just such a thing to leave on the table. Um, and I, you can't even purely place that. Tony, you have to place it at the wrestlers as well because it's their yeah. prerogative, it's their situation. I um, guess it's the Bucks, but that won't do business up this what I'm hearing, but yeah. uh, again, they should have, whatever. It, again, I'm not the first person to say this. Mm, uh, it's a last. shame. It's a shame that this it would have been huge and whatever. Yeah. Uh, speaking of whatever, Chris Jericho is going to take on Will Ospreay. Um, <laughs> this is so interesting, Dan, because you had this whole emotional, he left the JAS, he was going to join Callus, and then that's not going to join Callus. And what, what's interesting to me is that in doing that, the JS has essentially evaporated. Nobody from that faction has any role on this pay-per-view, and they've just disappeared into nothingness. And and, and granted, you know. Is Sammy not on the card? I don't think so. And, and, oh, wow. and we're, we're recording before Dynamite, so something could mm-hmm. change. Uh, and, you know, Tay Mello's pregnant, so we don't expect that. But otherwise, you know, you've got uh, Sammy, as you mentioned. You've got Hager. You've got the uh, 2.0 guys who now have different names. Uh, you know, you've got Garcia, like there's a lot of talent there and it would have been very interesting if, you know, whether it was them versing sort of this callous faction or callous ripping a few of those guys off temporarily to go against Jericho. Like there's something there. Um, it does kind of feel like Chris wanted to just be the, you know, sort of situational heel sort of, I don't know, backwards, but the, uh, this is a whole weird dynamic too. Cause then you think about how the crowd's going to react to this. Uh, I'm very confused. It is because it's also even more backwards because first of all, he's, he's Jericho is, is a technically a baby face now. Yeah. Will Ospreay is a heel now, but no, yep. Will Ospreay is going to get a hero's welcome in England. Yeah. He's going to be so over. He's possibly going to be the most over guy on the card. Mm. They're going to love to see him. And Jared, and what, what, so Jericho is, okay, I guess they don't really care. They're not necessarily going to boo Jericho, but the roles are going to be completely, res- they, they, they pulled the trigger on the Jericho face turn on, on, on the wrong time because he's, hmm. he's, he's certainly not going to be cheered over. And, and I know, if, I don't know if you heard Fozzie and Jericho are going to play. Oh yeah. That's even five. weirder. Right. And yeah. probably, you know, A, because Jericho wants to, because of course, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to want to play in front of 80,000 people. But secondly, to make him, you know, uh, to make this crowd really like him. But again, uh, Osprey is going to be the man on Sunday. He's going to be the biggest star in this show. And he's not even signed to this company. It, it is so bizarre because nobody in this rivalry has really alluded to that factor. So, they could try to flip it on us on the night of, and who knows how successful that will be. But even if, you know, as you said, this callous thing maybe didn't randomly accelerate where it was, and it was just kind of in the background and Jericho was trying to actually feud with this guy and actually set up the battle lines of, well, we're in your home country, but I'm the hero. They're going to be singing my song. 
um, you know, I'm literally copying and we'll pasting see. the Seth Rollins ism here, <laughs> yeah. but at least it's some sort of narrative that is relevant to the match that they're presenting on pay-per-view. Uh, you know what? Like because of this, like I, I, tonight dynamite is going to be crazy. So, there's so much stuff that's going to have to happen where they're going to try and make sense to all these things. Because this, this doesn't make sense. I didn't like, again, I, cool it's cool that they're having a match but i didn't want this match jericho and osprey at this show they could have had something way better for osprey and they could have had something more interesting for jericho but this is okay it is what it is again i it's, I, I know i sound really negative on the show but it's uh i i, I don't know i feel there's a lot of problems here the, the another problem is chicago next week the week after that there there's too many things that they should have just stopped and would build as soon as Forbidden Door was over, they should have been building to this. Yeah, and they didn't do this. And again, I'm really confused. I'm baffled. I'm kind of, uh, again, I'm obviously going to watch the show. I'm excited for it. And, and mm-hmm. but there's a lot of factors on it that don't make sense and are just. I wish they would have slowed down. Yeah, just again, great wrestlers, great characters. Sure, but when you apply them to the context of this show it starts to become confusing is the best way I can put it. Speaking of which, uh, John Moxley, Claudio Castanoli, uh, Wheeler Yuta, and three people to be determined mm-hmm. are going to take on Eddie Kingston, the Lucha exactly. Bros, Orange Cassidy, and the best friends in a stadium stampede. Why? Which, I, well, it's stadium stampede is a, a match that worked for anyone who missed it very well in the pandemic yeah. because it was an empty arena. Mm-hmm. I understand wanting to bring it back post-pandemic, but then you should probably change it. But to bring it back at your biggest show, this is an insanely crazy risk that could massively backfire. And to at this point not have announced three of the people who are going to be in the match. um, And look, maybe, you know, Brian Danielson is somehow magically going to be available to do this. I can see that. But after that, Dan, I have absolutely no clue who the other two people who are going to be part of this team are. Like, I have no idea. Do you have any idea? Not really, probably somebody from New Japan, but it doesn't oh. matter. Like so, so look, it's again, so it's thrown together. It doesn't really make sense. The story doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I'm I'm really negative on this. It's it's because mm-hmm. it's just like a microcosm of this whole card. But that being said, I am uh, excited is not the right word. Very curious. I'm really intrigued how they're going to do this from a theatrical production point of mm-hmm. view how they're going to pull this off. I like the idea of a stadium stampede at Wembley. I think, okay, that's mm. very ambitious. So again, yep. I'm looking forward to seeing how they do it, but I just don't care about the story on it. I'm just like, I'll yes, I'm definitely going to watch it. And it's intriguing and we'll see what they do. But it, like you said, Nick, this has uh, so many moving parts and, and a lot of it could backfire. I, I almost wonder if they'd be better off pre-taping it as a more cinematic experience so that they could just do really over the top spots. Um, but then, you know, you're, you're asking an audience of 80,000 this crowd to just watch on a screen. No. Yeah. Well, this, these people will boo the shit out of that. Yeah. These people yeah. are going to be rabid. It, it's a corner they find themselves in. Uh, and speaking of corners, let's talk about a coffin match. It's Swerve Strickland, AR mm-hmm. Fox. They're going to be taking on Sting and Darby Allen, which is pr- pretty good. I think they've built yeah. this up. I think at this point, Dan, just give me Nick Wayne. Like, I think just give me that Nick Wayne, put him in with Darby. And then, you know, you'll do six man tag, put Sting in there. Um, I'm a little worried for Sting. Obviously, he always delivers in these matches, but just, you know, you've got somebody who's, I don't know, 60 
in a coffin match. 63. Just a, yeah. yeah, it's just not, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, but otherwise, this should be good. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised that Nick Wayne isn't in this. I thought I thought for sure this was going to be a three-on-three three with um, who else is sort of hanging out with. But, uh, yeah, Prince Nana. No, I'm kidding. But right, yeah, I mean, they could have found this. There is somebody that's a flake. There's like a, a Brian Cage. Like, like yeah, it could have been there's... so many people, right? That are yeah. big bill. Like somebody could have yeah. been. That's a that's a part of this, right? Um, but uh, where's um, uh, Keith Lee? Yeah, that's a great question. You could have uh, like you could have put Keith Lee in the sting spot. And he could be throwing Darby Allen around like a ball. Like it could have been spectacular. Right. And then, I don't know. I just, this is probably like, it's, this is fairly good in terms of the build in terms of, I think the match will be good. Maybe the best one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, very few notes here. Um, And I know they're going to eventually get to Nick here. Um, But this feels like more like, I get that sting is Darby's mentor, but now he is a mentor to this young wrestler and Sting can still be there. He can still be in their corner. He can still fight, you know, Prince Nana. He can fight off the other members of the the, the this huge faction with his baseball bat. But I think you've got to flip the switch and invest in this kid because you've built him so well. You put him in so many situations, and now you're telling me he's not ready for a pay per view. Well, and- it, this is not just any pay per view. Mm. This might. I'm not. I'm saying maybe this was a bit much too quickly for him. I don't mm. know. Somebody, but again, I, I assumed, and maybe it's still will tonight, as in mm. they still might add this, but I also assumed that he was going to be in a in a in a trios match with Sting and Darby, but I could, and they still yeah, might. It could, it could be changed. Uh because yeah, as I said, a, the mobile embassy is overcrowded with members. Uh, if you've looked at them recently. CM Punk is going to take on Samoa Joe for the real X mm-hmm. World Championship. Um, you know, the, there is a rich history between these two. Um, you, you might not know it from watching AEW, but if you know of it, you know it. I am concerned as to what these two guys can actually do in the ring. Um, I think we all saw the uh, attempted, you know, uh, GTS CM Punk did in his conquistador outfit to Samoa Joe a week or so ago. The golden and that was, vampire? Or, yeah. And and look, I, I'm going to attribute that somewhat to the attire, but it, it did not look good. Um, and I think it highlights to me the problem here is that, you know, these two, like, they're almost approaching the sting role. I know there's a lot of years in between there, but these are not two guys in their wrestling prime. These are two guys oh. who are outside of their wrestling prime. And to uh, pretend they're fighting for this alternate world heavyweight championship is kind of insane to me. Yes. That's not the only problem. The other problem is I saw this a month ago. Again, this is going mm. back to the rematches. And I saw this a month ago where it had actual stakes in the in the Owen Hart tournament. Mm. And so they had a they had a career trilogy where where Joe won two and then finally Punk won the last one. And neither of them won the tournament. So it was weird. So now I we see it again for a fake belt. Is this the? I'm saying, is this the best use of CM Punk on this show? This is it the best use of Joe on this show? And I would raise you this, Dan, to given everything that happened with CM Punk and that championship, to just have an identical version of MJF's title and spray painted with an X uh, is very Elon Musk in, in the times uh, we live in. <laughs> yeah. And look, maybe he's bankrolling the spray paint at least. But I, I you know, I, I wonder if. 
the better route might have been for somebody from that show to go take the FTR, the FTW title, easy for me to say, off of Jack Perry um, and like legitimately build that title that already exists and already has a great history and is in line with this on this show because the last thing AEW needed was more belts. Like absolutely the last thing they needed. Yeah. Is is Jack Perry even and Hook even on the show? Nope. All right. All right. And neither is the TNT championship. Uh the TBS the championship. TNT. Oh, was... Christian and yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I I mean it there's still first of all, there's still time. I hope mm. like this is already too long, as I, I say with every AEW show. Mm. But they gotta I guess they gotta save something for the following week where they have another yeah. damn pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I look, at least you've got titles left over. But to your point, just scanning quickly here, you have got only five title matches out of nine. So essentially every other match you're going to watch so is far. not going to be a title match. Uh, and yeah, that could could change, um, although I am afraid of them They're pushing this more. card. They are going to add more. Uh, yes, I would say, you know, WWE has a rule about eight matches. If AEW was to sit here and say, we're going to do eight matches plus a match on the pre-show, I, I think you, you, as it stands now, on paper, this is a, a card that could be a sensible length yeah. that can give you a match on the pre-show. But even it's, one match on the pre-show is not going to stay. But like you put MJF and Cole in the pre-show, it's no longer a pre-show. This is the main mm. card. It's no like a like, yeah. It's, so it's a, this is what a ten match show so far. I think it's nine. If I want to including four, MJF five, in six, in the pre-show. Seven, no, uh, yes, I am counting that. Sorry, for a second okay. there, I was imagining uh, the last podcast we did. But yeah, so, but as you said, it's going to extend and, you know, again, good thing it's at a good time. Yeah, um, for us. Yeah, exactly. Dan, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Is that it? That That is it to this point. And again, we are taping this before Dynamite on Wednesday because I'm just lazy. So I couldn't be bothered. So they're going to take you. So can you imagine being backstage at AEW tonight where so you know that they're they're gonna do this crazy dynamite where they gotta explain a whole bunch of stuff that mm. doesn't make sense currently? Then they're gonna yeah. tape rampage and then they're gonna take collision. How long is the show gonna be? Everyone's gonna be under one roof, punk mm-hmm. and everybody. So I don't know how I mean the backstage has got to be so tense and frantic. Mm. I would like to be a fly in the wall for like an hour. Otherwise, it'd be too much. I can't imagine what it's going to be like there, Bax. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. And again, so many moving parts. The situation with the Lucha Bros, the situation with FTR, um, you know, probably trying to insert some narrative in a few of these matches. Um, and, you know, we pointed out a couple examples there where they could, you know, you could potentially tell the entire story of a match uh days before the show and and they yeah. w- it would be beneficial for them to do that um and and then you know the complication of the time zone difference with the UK um when, when things are broadcast over there um expecting people to go to a show on you know this weekend and having watched everything uh and being all up to date with it you know i think you know some uk podcasters made the point uh, over at Welsh culture that you probably should have finalized this card a couple of weeks in advance. You think? Uh, yeah. People, yeah. giving people time to absorb it and get excited for it. Um, but I think it will be a very, very hot crowd, and they'll they'll probably get away with it. May, yes, but uh, uh, there's there's a there's a cost to it. Like they should mm-hmm. never. My okay. Then I'll move on to 
what's happening next week, which they never should have done. Once they announced All In at Wembley, they should have canceled the Chicago show. I mean, come mm. on. How often, like, they're in Chicago four times a year, or as it is. They did not mm. need to do this. Nobody would have been that upset. And, if, you know, maybe he could have moved. Maybe, but he's what? They're going to probably have TV there. In I bet you in 2023, they're going to be back there for, for a taping regardless. For sure. they, so it's they should have canceled the show because, again, so back to tonight in Dynamite, uh, they have to do something. They have to set up something for, for All Out, don't you think? Or no? I mean... Yeah, you, you would think so, uh, unless you're just going to do a bunch of rematches. And uh, the other issue is... You know that's going to come up, and you're going to be competing with Payback. Not to mention this pay per views. You know, I, I did an interview for Impact. Is also going to be competing with Impact Wrestling. So there's, you know, there's a lot of cross pollinization. Oh, you know, is in Payback Toronto. and All Out on the same weekend? I believe so. It's next oh, weekend. Jesus. Is all out? Is all out? Correct. Yes, and and the th- September third. And Payback's is... a week from Saturday. Payback is September third. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so a, a very, you know, this is kind of the time where you had a little bit of separation to really, really get the momentum. Um, it is going to be a lot harder coming out of this show and going to the next show. And, and you also have the advantage of, you know, you're doing one of the biggest wrestling shows ever. So you're yeah. getting a little bit of a free pass by the, the virtue of, yeah, you're getting a free pass and that's, and also you're going to the UK which has a rich wrestling history and doesn't get a lot of these big shows. Um, So you have a lot of goodwill going for you. So, you know, it'll it'll be very interesting to see how the perception is coming out of this. Um, And I think ultimately they'll be okay because the matches will do well. Um, But certainly some of that goodwill will come and go with this show. Um, And you won't be able to get that back until you you do it again. Uh, Anything else before we go, Dan? Yeah, I should correct. It's the biggest show outside of North Korea. Yes. And then, you know, with North Korea, if anyone who's seen the dark side of the ring about that, um, and not necessarily a crowd that might have paid or wanted to be there. Uh, so a, a couple pretty yeah. significant caveats on that. So I, you know, I, I think mm. if anyone tries to correct you with that, uh, you know, and you're correcting yourself just out of, but I if know. anyone was to say you were wrong to say this is the biggest wrestling crowd, I think once you point out those two caveats there, it, it is it what is, it is. Yeah, willingness and not being forced by a dictatorship is are big factors. Numbers don't lie, even if the dictators do. Very true. Dan, thank you as always for this. Uh, You're most welcome. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.